All right. Welcome, everybody, to episode one of A Pinball Podcast. And yes, I'm literally that creative that this podcast is legitimately called A Pinball Podcast. So unfortunately, all the good names were taken. Take what I can get. So let's just call it literally what it is. Anyhow, so who am I and why should you as the listener or viewer give a shit? Well, my name's Travis. Full name's Travis Muring. I'm from Oklahoma. I've been playing pinball for probably about four years now. Uh, obviously, I'm a big fan of pinball, or I wouldn't be doing this. But just to put it here briefly, I play in tournaments. I've been a tournament player for a couple of years. And the beginnings of that, it's actually kind of funny. I um, My very first tournament I ever played in, I legit didn't even know I was in a tournament. I had no idea until I played in what I thought was actually my first tournament about eight months later. So apparently I played in some high score tournament for the Star Wars launch party. And I think I had like the number one or number two score. And next thing I know, all of a sudden I have what's called a IFPA number, IFPA number. And somehow I took like 13th out of 16 people. I had no idea I was even in this tournament until I saw it after I played my first tournament that I legitimately played in. So that was kind of uh, an interesting thing. And once I figured out that there was tournaments, because I'd been playing pinball for about a year up until that point, somewhere right around there, maybe even a year and a half. And when I found out there was tournaments, suddenly I just started looking up pinball information on YouTube. And two of the videos that I ran into immediately was the Papa Circuit Finals of 2012-2013. And one of the first players I ever saw play was Steve Bowden on Monster Bash. So this was probably, yeah, this was the second video I actually ever saw. So I remember this and I remember seeing him just totally annihilate it. It was a game with, I believe, Kaylee George, uh, Daniele from Europe, and Carl D'Angelo. And I just remember both Bowden and Daniele just absolutely destroying this pin. It was like legitimately Daniele scored, I think 450 million and he still lost by hundred million on Monster Bash, which is insane, especially probably the way that that pin was set up. So that was one game that I first noticed. And I was like, okay, this looks interesting. This looks like this could be it. But the one that put me over the top and I kept coming back to over and over and again, and this was actually the very first pinball video I pretty much ever saw that I realized that this can be a competitive thing. And it was watching Pinberg finals, 2017. I fast forward it to the very end. Cause I of course wanted to see what happened at the end. And I ended up stopping on Robocop and I didn't even know Robocop existed as a pinball machine. Watched it all the time as a kid. Cause my parents just apparently had no filter for me. So as a young child watching a rated R Robocop, I was all in like the, my inner child came out. And I remember watching this player named Colin McAlpine and he just had total control of the machine. And this was actually the very first player I ever watched play a competitive game. And that it instantly, I was hooked just seeing the control, seeing what he's doing. And I was thinking to myself, okay, this is something similar to what I'm already doing now, but he is so much better at what 
he's doing compared to where I was at at that time. So that's really what got me into it. That was just kind of the, the very first thing that caught my eye that, hey, this, this is a thing. This looks fun, it looks enjoyable, and it's something competitive. So, because I've, I've played sports practically all my life up until that point. I was heavily into baseball for over 20 plus years, did coaching, played on travel teams in high school, got recruited to numerous schools, and even got scouted a little bit and offered independent baseball contracts, uh, talked to several several uh, teams for affiliated ball with the uh, Brewers and Padres and Rangers, but that was years and years ago. So I, I've thoroughly enjoyed that, but I needed an outlet all these years later because I had... I believe it was four. Yeah, I lose count. I had four knee surgeries total, needed another one and needed a shoulder uh, surgery on my right arm or right shoulder. And I skipped those two because I was just quite frankly just done with constantly being in physical therapy. So, you know, getting older, I just decided I needed something that was competitive, something that kind of helped that drive. And so pinball is just a natural thing, especially with the hand-eye coordination, you know, and, and just being able to control things. And then it's it just, it's everything that's involved with it. So, but that's briefly how I got into everything. And of course, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see behind me, started collecting pinball machines. My wife started collecting pinball machines and we just, we enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. It's, you know, she, she has a little bit more fun working on them than I do. I enjoy playing them more than working on them, but you know, it helps out. There's obviously all kinds of things that you can do with pinball. So anyhow, that's enough about me. You're still sticking around. Appreciate it. What's this podcast going to be about? Well, this podcast will basically be me talking, you know, every few episodes. It could be one, two, three episodes a week. Just depends on when I feel like getting in front of the mic and talking about specific topics. It could even be topics that I'm making a video of later that week, or it could just be just generally what's on my mind, breaking news, whatever it could be. It, tournaments, opinions, you name it, reviews. It, it could be all that. And then I also plan on having guests on as well. If you're watching on YouTube, my goal is, is to actually have us on camera. So obviously if I'm solo, I may not look into the camera as much just because I'm off in my thoughts. Whereas if I have somebody that's a guest, I might look into the camera a little bit more. I don't know. It's production values. What can you do? But so that's my plan. And I want to have guests of all kinds of different types dealing with the pinball industry, whether it's tournament players, whether it's just collectors, whether it's fans, just generally people that I can have a conversation with. So the, the way I typically like to interact with people isn't necessarily through interview style. It's more or less through conversational flow. So that's typically going to be how my podcast or how I hopeful, I'm hopeful that my podcast will turn out as. So that's the plan. And let's just go ahead and just get right into it. And I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And I say, let's get right into it after seven minutes. Yeah. Mm, makes sense. Doesn't it? Anyhow. So I have two new pins here right now. And it's been an interesting past month with these pins. I have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Hot Wheels. Obviously, Ninja Turtles is from Stern Pinball. Hot Wheels is from American Pinball. And it's funny because there's, I try to find diff 
just not differences, but I try to find similarities in these pens. And it's actually awfully hard to pinpoint any similarities with these two pens right now. I think I might legitimately have the most time on both of these pens compared to anybody else, just because I'm obsessive about figuring out rule sets, geometry and all that. But at the same time, I've had just major issues with Ninja Turtles, which of course I'm sure everybody's heard about that. I've had some issues with Hot Wheels. And let's go ahead and get into that just a little bit, because I'm sure everybody's heard the praises sung about these games, or especially for Ninja Turtles, which is rightfully so. And Hot Wheels at the same time, it, it is a fun game. I don't want to take anything away from it. But getting into some of the issues I've had with Ninja Turtles first, I had my Nodeboard 9. It did go down. And also, I believe it's like 9A5. It leads to the pizza wheel or the pizza spinner. And that sucker went down really quick. Grindy sounds and it just came to a halt. It's just all kinds of issues. Got those replaced. Still issues happening afterwards and some new additional issues. And I was able to pinpoint the newest issues down to the the glider that acts as the diverter from the ramps to leading back to your flipper. So I believe that's called a servo board and that's completely down, still waiting on that part. And honestly, since I've had to wait, I probably, even though I have an LE behind me, I've legitimately maybe played three games on it since then, just because I just, I'm so frustrated with it by now, especially with the turtle van and all that. But as soon as I get that part in, I'll put more time into it. I'll play it a little bit more. I've been going to my local arcade at Cactus Jacks, and I've been playing Turtles a little bit there. They have a pro, and that thing, it plays mean. It plays fast, but it is enjoyable. When the pen works, it's enjoyable. Now, I hate the lair shot, but after that, you know, it, it is enjoyable. Now, getting on the Hot Wheels, Hot Wheels is an interesting pen, and as a matter of fact, if you're listening to this right now, sometime in early August, there is a new code out already to where they improved and modified some of the rules, I believe, to the battles or to the modes. And I haven't read it yet, but I, that's what I've heard. Now, in terms of the way Hot Wheels is now, the light show, by far, it's, it's probably the best light show that I've seen on a pinball machine. If you see it in person, it's actually, it's really, really cool. And some of the features that they have in there really makes for an excellent experience. Now, that being said, unfortunately, I kind of had the same luck with this pen as I did with Ninja Turtles in that within, I believe, less than 48 hours, it might have been the next day, that I received the pen, got it set up, and next thing I know, there's a magnet up top to where if you hit the one of the loops, it'll go up to that magnet, and it's supposed to catch, obviously, but it just it wasn't catching at all. So it probably caught maybe the first... 15, 20 games, then after that, it just, it would register, but it would not magnetize the ball at all. Then the next thing I know, all of a sudden, the, the right slings down, and things are just going haywire on the game. Fuse goes out in the back box, and actually, I, as you, if you're watching on, on a YouTube, you'll notice that the back box is dim right now, but that's by choice at this point. But yeah, it's so I just had all kinds of issues, but you know, that being said, American pinball has been great, especially from the technical side 
I believe his name's David Brennan. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but he spent a lot of time a couple of Saturdays ago with me on the phone helping me. And I, you know, I can't say enough about their technical support on that side. So I'm very pleased about that. Now, the gameplay I have had on it, it's actually, it's pretty fun. I enjoy it. The rule set, it's fun. Overall, it's easy to understand. My children love it, which is a big plus. I was wondering how they would do watching or playing this pen. And it's funny, as adults, we often find ourselves sometimes, not necessarily cynical, but sometimes overcritical of certain aspects of a pen. And I'm certainly guilty of that. And it just, you know, I, it, the fact is, is that the kids, they, they love the pen. I'm not a fan of the theme, but if I got happy kids and they're playing pinball and they're into pinball, then yeah, I love it. That's, that's well worth the, the tiny investment <laughs> that you have to make when buying a pinball machine. I say investment because no, it's, it's definitely not investment. I can't, I've lost track of probably how much money I've lost on pins. And I'm not, I'm not talking from bad purchases. I'm just talking from just breaking them all the time and having to fix them and the hours spent doing so. And, you know, but that's pinball overall. So some other talk coming up. I, you know, right now, obviously from the tournament standpoint, there's nothing going on. There's lots of cash tournaments apparently popping up. That kind of interests me a little bit. I wish if somebody would put together something regionally that was a cash tournament, I would definitely be interested in something like that. I thought about putting together an event here that's kind of related to the way that they did it up at District 82 in Wisconsin called Penskins. And if you haven't heard of that, they have a video out on YouTube right now. I believe it's with Fox City's Pinball to where they show all 18 holes. And it's actually, it's pretty interesting to watch if you enjoy watching high-level gameplay because they definitely had some high-level players there, especially with uh, Tom Graff and Luke Nahorniak from Minnesota. And that's, I mean, that was a fun event to see. So I can see a lot of those events starting to pop up, you know, within the next few months, because I just, I don't see any tournaments really being sanctioned anytime soon. And the way that I'm operating right now, personally, because I planned on hitting a lot of circuit events this year. And if you don't know what circuit events are, it's just Stern Pro Circuit to where it's just worth a whole lot of points. If you're playing tournaments, it's usually held at conventions whatever, just lots of tournaments to be had. So I planned on traveling a little bit and going to those places just because it gives me a good excuse to vacation and see different parts of the country that I wouldn't see and get to meet different people and get to see people that I made friends with, you know, by going to these different events. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like any of those events are going to happen anytime soon. And to be honest with you, I'm at this point, I'm not even counting on N-Disc and that's unfortunate to say because I really enjoyed that event this year when I played there. I'm hopeful, or I'll say cautiously, cautiously optimistic that TPF in March of 2021 will happen. But like I said, cautiously optimistic. I know, I believe that the tickets carried over for TPF. I forget if that's wrong. I apologize, but I think that's the way it was. I know that they released the hotel block just recently. So if you're looking at possibly going, be sure and check out or check into that. Although I will say it's most likely gone already by the time you listen to this. It, I mean, it's a really popular event. It goes really fast. I have a great time. It's 
something I've been going to that event for a few years, even before I realized that there was pinball tournaments, I'd already been going. So it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of fun, but anyhow, that's, uh, pretty much all we got early on. There's not much else to talk about at this point, although we will be having a few guests on here pretty soon. So that way we can discuss what's going on in pinball and where we're going to go moving forward. But other than that, I appreciate you guys listening. You guys can contact me at apinballpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments or thoughts. I know you guys are like, this is nuts. That's the best name ever. I can't believe I didn't think of that. I know. I know. It's the creativity in me. It just, it just goes nuts. It just goes crazy. But anyhow, I appreciate, appreciate you guys staying here, listening. And other than that, you guys enjoy your day, and I'll see you guys soon. Later, guys.